Welcome back. Last time, we talked about why it might be better to take blood pressure meds at night. But one thing some listeners noted was that we didn't really address which medications to switch. Actually, I think we were kind of hoping you guys wouldn't notice because we weren't all that sure ourselves. But good for you for catching that. (laughs) So we were chatting with our reviewer, Dr. Matthew Sparks. And he had some interesting personal anecdotes to share. For starters, he brought us back to reality. Yeah. So the research studies we referenced used ambulatory blood pressure monitors to diagnose blood pressure dips or non-dips at night. But the thing is, nobody does that in the real world. Yeah. Some of that has to do with insurance. It turns out most insurances don't cover ambulatory blood pressure monitoring unless you're trying to diagnose white coat hypertension, a totally different problem. In a way, that's a pretty good gamble on their part. I'm not so sure my ego could handle prescribing a test just to see if my patients are actually afraid of me. Well, Steve, they probably are. (laughs) But in all seriousness, we asked Dr. Sparks what he does in real life because he can't just pretend that all patients have white coat hypertension to get their insurances to pay for ambulatory blood pressure cuffs. Because that would be insurance fraud. Exactly. (laughs) Probably. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. So because it's hard to get the blood pressure testing, he just thinks about which patients are most likely to be non-dippers or even reverse dippers at night which we mentioned before correlates to higher cardiovascular mortality. So let's review from our last episode. Those kind of folks are going to be patients with coronary artery disease or diabetes, or it can even be as subtle as elevated blood pressures only in the morning. And for those patients specifically, the ones we think might be non-dippers or reverse dippers, he'll consider switching their beta blockers, ACE inhibitors, or ARBs to nighttime dosing. But he generally keeps diuretics as daytime meds, mainly, I would guess, because making people pee all night isn't very nice and It's It's probably better not to do that. So thanks, podcast listeners, for the feedback. We hope that answers at least some of your questions. So let's move on to today's actual episode. Statins. (laughs) Ooh, so exciting. So today we're going to explore why we should take statins at night, or should we? And to do that, we'll review number one, the physiology of cholesterol synthesis. We'll spend some time talking about number two, what data supports giving statins at night. And for number three, we're going to discuss the always important, does it really matter? Lastly, one freebie, we'll share some additional thoughts about nighttime dosing of medications in general. So tuck yourselves in as we try to put this debate on statins to bed. A mattress salesperson. (laughs) And dive a little deeper into the dream. Courtesy of Mr. Santa. Hi, I'm Janine Knudsen. And I'm Steve Liu. Welcome to Mind the Gap, a Core IM podcast. We'd like to thank Dr. Michael Tanner, internist at Bellevue Hospital, associate professor at NYU, and muralist extraordinaire for peer reviewing this episode. Subscribe to our show notes at coreimpodcast.com. And follow us on Insta and Twitter. The crux of our conversation today is a little simpler than that whole dipping and non-dipping nonsense that we talked about with hypertension. (laughs) Nonsense. Nonsense. It's thought that our bodies rev up cholesterol production at night between midnight and 6 a.m. That's when HMG-CoA reductase, the rate-limiting step of cholesterol synthesis, is most active. So just as a reminder, statins block that HMG-CoA reductase enzyme. So if we take a statin at night, its maximum drug concentration slash effect should happen around the same time as maximal cholesterol synthesis. And voila, lower cholesterol levels. Or at least so we think. But some of you clever listeners are probably wondering, that sounds nice, but does it really matter? Your body still makes some cholesterol during the day, right? And the short answer is 
yes, we think it might matter. And the long answer? Well, it's long because it's complicated. <laughs> okay, let's explain the short answer first. To do that, we're going to take a look at some meta-analyses. In 2016, the guys and gals at the Cochrane Review tried to answer whether taking statins at night was better. They performed a meta-analysis of seven studies looking at a total of 767 people. And they concluded that there was no difference in total cholesterol, LDL, HDL, or triglyceride levels when statins were taken at night instead of the day. They were pretty blunt about it, too. They said, quote, taking statins in the evening does not have an effect on the improvement of lipid levels with respect to morning administration. And so they concluded that there wasn't overwhelming data in either direction, and the data that does exist, well, it kind of sucks. Ouch. <laughs> Wait, so why isn't that the long answer? That seems pretty convincing to me. We just talked about a meta-analysis. Well, the main reason for not putting this all to rest is that not all statins are created equal. And also, not all meta-analyses are created equal. We found another one that actually disagreed with the Cochrane Report. Sacrilege. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, take a look at this other one. It's a 2017 meta-analysis in the Journal of Clinical Lipidology. And here they argued that data favored taking stents at night. They noted that there might be a decrease in total cholesterol and that this in turn is driven by a statistically significant decrease in LDL. So wait, why did they get different results from the Cochrane Report? So for one, they actually differentiated between short half-life and long half-life statins. Ah, I see. So statins with a shorter half-life should have more of a peak right after you take them, right? So when taking them at night, you'd really be timing that peak with your body's spike in cholesterol synthesis. Exactly. So their analysis showed that short half-life statins lowered cholesterol more when they were taken at night. And they still saw this phenomena with long half-life statins, but it wasn't nearly as strong. Okay, but I can't actually remember which statins have short versus long half-lives, so let's go over that again. Sure. Short-acting statins include pravastatin, simvastatin, lovastatin, and fluvastatin. <laughs> I feel like it's a tongue twister. They have half-lives ranging from two to five hours, just to be clear. Compare that against long-acting statins like rosuvastatin or otorvastatin. Tongue twister. Told you. <laughs> Those half-lives are more like 14 to 19 hours. So let's remind ourselves why half-lives are important. The old mantra, aka old man Steve here, what? says that three half-lives are what you need to eliminate a drug. So a drug like pravastatin with a half-life of two hours is gone in about six hours. Meaning if you take short-acting statins in the morning, their effect wears off by nighttime when your peak lipid synthesis happens. So the FDA took this pharmacokinetic logic to heart, uh. laugh track, <laughs> and specifically recommends taking the short-acting statins at night. As a reminder, that's lovastatin, simvastatin, pravastatin, or fluvastatin. Well done. I feel like we need a song for that. I know, right? The same meta-analysis makes it seem like there is still some benefit to taking even the long-acting stands at night. Did I say that wrong? No, you said it right. Okay. I'm just shocked. Because <laughs> it's so different than the Cochrane Report. I'm re-shocked by our that. script. <laughs> Okay, no, but this is interesting because this really doesn't have to do with the peak effect of the statin. It's actually a little bit more straightforward. If you eat a big dinner and then take your statin, you're probably going to absorb less of it than you would on an empty stomach in the morning. So we've made a somewhat convincing argument about how there may be a difference in night and day dosing of statins. So let's talk for a second about how much of a difference we're really talking about. So in the 2017 study where they found an effect, they saw that when you look at all statins, long and short half-lives, taking statins at night leads to a decrease in your LDL by 3 milligrams per deciliter lower than if you took them in the morning. Seriously? Did we really just spend all this time talking about night versus day for an effect that's 
practically lab error? Yeah, well, there's kind of a silver lining, though. The modest decrease that they reported was actually driven by long half-life statins, where you don't see that much of a difference. But actually, short half-life statins are better when taken at night. And they drop LDL by an additional 10 milligrams per deciliter when compared to daytime. Okay, but consider me unimpressed. Because how many people are still on short-acting statins? Maybe convince me more. Did they show that this led to an improvement in patient outcomes? Well, actually, Janine, neither the Cochrane Review nor the 27 article actually looked at clinical outcomes. They didn't have any data to do so with. Okay, so all we have to guide our clinical practice is a slight drop in LDL levels? I thought that the latest guidelines from the AHA de-emphasized LDL targets. And you're not wrong, Janine. They definitely de-emphasized LDL targets in an attempt to simplify guidelines for statin use and focus instead on ACVD scores. But they still actually recommend LDL targets for high-risk patients. Without getting too much into those weeds, historical data does suggest that lowering LDL and total cholesterol levels correlates with decreased cardiovascular risk. And the 2017 AACE guidelines really make this clear. That's the American Association of Clinical Endocrinologists. They mentioned that some data suggests that a 1% decrease in serum cholesterol leads to a 2% reduction in coronary events. And there's also data from post-marketing studies of statins showing that LDL lowering specifically correlated to a lower rate of cardiac events. And so we haven't really wasted our time too much by talking about this, because in summary, taking short half-life statins at night may marginally lower LDL by 10 milligrams per deciliter, and that may be enough of an effect to lower the risk of cardiac events. Let's review one final piece of data that suggests nighttime dosing may actually be worse for a totally different reason than the biochem, pathophys, blah, blah, blah stuff (laughs) that we just talked about. So there was a group of folks that decided to create a mathematical model of how cholesterol is in the body. And their simulation specifically looked at how simvastatin affects that. What they found when they finished doing all that math was that there's no difference between daytime and nighttime dosing of simvastatin based off of how we think the body works. But they also noted that other people have found lower adherence rates to medications at nighttime. So when they included this in their simulation, surprise, surprise, they found that simvastatin was less effective at reducing LDLs and cholesterol at night. But the thing is that while there is some research that suggests nighttime adherence to medications can be lower, there have also been trials suggesting that it may not matter. I guess that's science for you. Well, that was a giant circle. I guess we're back at our usual approach, which is to customize your treatment plan to your patient. And that means actually talking to them about what they prefer, nighttime or daytime. The reality is that most folks are on long-acting statins, like atorvastatin and rosuvastatin anyways. Those were statins where, according to the 2017 meta-analysis, nighttime dosing probably doesn't lower cholesterol levels that much anyway. So more important than all that pathophys is just to make sure that they take any statin rather than worrying about what time is most optimal. Yeah, good point. Well, so let's just go to the summary. Take it away, Janine. Thank you. So we covered, number one, how statins work. They block the HMG-CoA reductase enzyme, part of the cholesterol synthesis pathway that is more active at night. But cholesterol has a really long half-life, so even if production spikes at night, lipid levels don't actually vary that much during the day. And number two, there's a Cochrane review from 2016 claiming that LDL and cholesterol levels really don't change that much depending on whether you take statins at night or the day. But a newer meta-analysis from 2017 contradicts this. And that study showed that the greatest improvement in nighttime dosing happened with short-acting statins, where the peak effect coincides with the peak of cholesterol synthesis. 
But we have to temper that with number three. Even if this effect is real, the magnitude is probably not that impressive. Not impressive. (laughs) Even for short-acting statins, LDL levels are only lowered by 10 points when you take it at night versus day. And none of the studies that we talked about today directly link nighttime dosing of statins to better cardiovascular outcomes, which is what we really care about. And our final freebie fourth point, taking meds at night may be associated with lower adherence. So you should really have a conversation with your patients about what's realistic for them. And finally, number five, most people are now on long-acting stents anyway. And these stay in your body for more than 24 hours. So you can argue day versus night timing doesn't really matter. And we're back to square one. That was really frustrating. At least I'm no longer going to make a big deal about my patients taking their statins at night. And if I do, maybe I'll only care about simvastatin since it's short acting. But even then, I really just want them to take the darn medicine no matter what time of day. So I think what we've learned here is statins are complicated. (laughs) Great summary. So we know that we went kind of quickly through the data. And arguably not as in-depth as some might like. So as always, we want to encourage you to check out the data too. Take a look at the links below the podcast at coreimpodcast.com. So you can take the time to judge the data for yourself and sound smart on rounds. Super smart. Super smart. (laughs) After all, this is a podcast talking about those gaps in our knowledge. So if you really want to feel confident on the data, take the time to pick it apart yourself. And if there are any other topics you'd like to hear discussed, please let us know. I'm Steve Liu. And I'm Janine Knudsen. And remember, mind the gap. Thanks for listening. Disclaimer, opinions in this podcast are our own and do not represent the opinions of NYU or other affiliated institutions. Please don't use this podcast for medical advice, but instead consult with your healthcare provider. provider.